Bible said that as we behold him in a glass, we are being transformed from glory to glory. That Lord, oh God in heaven, even as I'm gathered here this morning, oh God, that Lord, I have come for a change. That Lord, I have come for a transformation. That Lord, oh God in heaven, you will transform our lives, oh God. As we behold your glory, oh God in heaven, via your word. That Lord, you will change us, oh God. Lord, you will change our hearts, oh God. Father, you will change our minds, oh God. And therefore, our lives will be changed in the name of Jesus. Blessed be your holy name, oh God, in heaven. To you be all the glory, Jesus. Thank you, almighty God. Blessed be your holy name, oh God. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. Please be seated in God's awesome presence. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good morning, church. And a happy, happy new month. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. We're reading from 1 Peter chapter 2, from verses 1 to 9. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word, hallelujah, that you may grow thereby, if indeed you have tasted the Lord, is, that the Lord is gracious, coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up, hallelujah, a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Verse 6, therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believes on him will by no means be put to shame. Hallelujah. I didn't hear anybody say amen. Hallelujah. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumbled being disobedient to the word to which they were also, also were appointed. Verse 9, it says, but you, hallelujah, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Hallelujah. I'll read that portion again. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light hallelujah for those who are writing for which i always encourage us to always come to the presence of god writing hallelujah praise god because there will be something god is saying to you that even your mind cannot capture alone some said that the sharp the bluntest pencil is sharper than the sharpest brain hallelujah why because your mind can forget but what you write down you can always go back to praise god and so i always encourage people when you come to church make it a habit that you must 
take notes of what God is saying to you. Praise God. And so for those who are writing this morning, the title of my sermon is The Uncommon Christian. Hallelujah. The Uncommon Christian. The Uncommon Christian. Taken from the theme of the month, as we are looking into the Word of God, we are looking at uncommon possibilities. But however, we are starting with the subject, the uncommon Christian. Praise God. Hallelujah. And we started with a portion of scripture that I like so much. First Peter chapter 2, I'll be dwelling solely on verse 9. And the verse 9 there says, but you are a chosen race. Hallelujah. You are a chosen race. Praise God. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people who are God's own possession. You have become his people so that you may speak of the wonderful acts of the one who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Praise God. Before we start off, say to yourself, I am chosen. Praise God. Say to yourself, I am chosen. Once again, say to yourself, I am chosen. Praise God. Because if you have been part of a people who or part of a pool where they were selecting people and you were not among those who were selected, you would know what it means not to be chosen. Praise God. If you have been preferred over somebody else, what ordinarily belongs to you but somebody else was chosen, you will understand the pains of not being chosen. Praise God. And now the scripture is telling us that God has chosen you. Praise God. Therefore, there is a reason why you are here. You are not here by chance. Many could have been chosen, but God chose you. Hallelujah. Many made that application, but God chose you. And the Bible says that you are a royal priesthood. Praise God. If you understand the concept of priesthood, then you begin to understand the nature of what God has called you unto. I remember explaining before that in the Old Testament, nobody could approach God except through a priest. Praise God. And so therefore, the people, when the priest was not present, the people had no mediator before God. No one could approach the throne of God to make intercessions for them. But God is saying that indeed that you are not just only chosen. I have made you a royal priesthood. In other words, you belong to a category of priests who can stand before me unchained, unhindered, and they can intercede before God, whatever it is the desire of them. Praise the Lord. And the Bible said that you are God's own possession. Hallelujah. I am my, I'm God's. Hallelujah. You know, I always tell my wife, I say, you know what? The devil can never take glory for whatever he does to me because I serve the Almighty. Praise God. When the Bible says, you know, I think it was in the book of Exodus. The Bible says that when God appeared to Moses, God told Moses and said, Go and tell my people, hallelujah, that in the past I appeared to them as the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, hallelujah, the God Almighty. But he says, go and touch of Israel, I'm coming to them as Lord. In other words, I am their owner. So when God was telling Pharaoh, let my people go, he knew what he was saying. Praise God. Because if somebody takes what belongs to you, you have every right to go. No protocols observed to take what belongs to you. Praise God. And we're looking at this morning what it takes to be an uncommon Christian. Praise God. Hallelujah. What it takes to be an uncommon Christian. And the dictionary tells us here that 
The word uncommon simply means not ordinarily encountered. Remember, I said that you are chosen. Praise God. And if God has chosen you, then you are uncommon. Praise God. If God has chosen you, if God has called you his royal priesthood, I want you to settle it in your heart this morning that you are not ordinary. Praise God. Because anything that is ordinary can be acknowledged or, or can be obtained in any shape or form. Praise God. But God is saying, I chose you. Praise God. And so for the reason of you being chosen, the very first thing you must acknowledge in your heart this morning is that I'm not common. Praise God. And dictionary says that it's a remarkable and exceptional thing. Praise God. But we're looking at this context of what it means to be an uncommon Christian. Praise God. What it means to be an uncommon Christian. And the very first thing is why are we using the term uncommon? Number one is that we serve an uncommon God. Praise God. We serve an uncommon God. Why? Because when you look through scriptures, everything that God did was never common. Praise God. Every single thing that God did was never common. I'll give you an example. The Bible says that God told Moses, go and meet Pharaoh. And he said, what is in your hand? He said, a rod. And he said, this rod shall be for you for signs. And when he got to Pharaoh, he put the rod down and the rod became a snake. Praise God. But now Pharaoh wanted to think, okay, that is just a normal thing. My soothsayers, my magicians can do the same. But the Bible said that when they did the same, praise God, the rod of Moses swallowed the rod of Pharaoh's magicians. Praise God. Our God is an uncommon God. You cannot see him anywhere. You know, there's a song of Nathanael Basi recently released, Yahweh. And there's a line in that song. It says, if there be any God that claims to be like our God, let him step forward. Praise God. Because there is no God like this God. Hallelujah. We serve an uncommon God. Even Jesus Christ was saying it in John 17 verse 16. He says, they are not of this world, just I am not of this world. Praise God. Our God is an uncommon God. Praise God. Number two, why uncommon? Is that we belong to the tribe of uncommon. Praise God. I am yet to see where a lion will give birth to a goat. Praise God. I am yet to see, no matter how you literally want to mutate it, it can never be a descendant of a lion. Praise God. And so when we say that our God is uncommon and we believe that we are the children of God, then if God is uncommon and God is my father, for that reason, I am also not common. Praise the Lord. First John chapter 4 verse 17, it says, in the amplified version it says in this union and fellowship with him love is completed and perfected with us so that we may have the confidence in the day of judgment why because with the assurance of the boldness to face him because as he is in this world the bible says what so are we so if god is not common I am not common. I want to drill this to our understanding because when we are looking at the sort of uncommon possibilities, then you begin to change your mindset. 
Praise God. The Bible says that when God met Abraham, he said, Abraham, I want to do something uncommon with you. However, you must first of all, what? Depart from your father's house. Praise God. You must leave your father's country out of thy tribe, out of thy kindred, into a land I will show you. Why did God say leave? Remember, Abraham's father, Terah, was an idol worshiper. Praise God. And so, when it comes to the things of idol worship, they would always conflict with the things of God. Hallelujah. And so, God needed to separate Abraham from the customs, the traditions that he was used to because I am doing an uncommon thing in your life. Praise God. As a matter of fact, where has it been registered before Abraham that a woman would give birth to a child at 90? It is not common. Praise God. If a girl gives birth at 13, after all, she is still due. But when a woman gives birth at 70, it's not ordinary. But that's what God is capable of doing. Praise God. When somebody is dead for four days, and Mary is saying, Lord, I know you would raise him on the third day, when you come again. But he said, no, I'm saying he will raise now. And said, but Lord, yes, I know at the resurrection, Lazarus will rise again. But God is saying, no, I am the resurrection and the life. So wherever I appear, anything that is common becomes uncommon. Praise God. Because I have the capability and ability to be able to bring what is dead back into life. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Number three, why uncommon? is because we have been commanded to be uncommon. Praise God. There is no option. The moment you decided to make Jesus the Lord and personal Savior of your life, you already subscribe to the ideology of the uncommon. The Bible says in Romans 12 verse 2, Paul was speaking and says, And do not be conformed to this world. Hallelujah. To the patterns and the systems of this world. There is a higher way. And it says, But be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that which is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. Hallelujah. And this is why somebody said that if you want to change any man's life, the very first thing you must do is to do what? Change their mind. Praise God. If you want to change anybody's life, the very first thing you would do is to do what? Change their life. Oftentimes, you hear it said that you can take a man out of the ghetto, but you cannot take the ghetto out of the man. Why? Because they have been subscribed to a way of thinking. They have been subscribed to a plan of living that even if you took the pig and put the pig where it's clean, they would always make it dirty. Why? Because they are used to that. Praise God. And that is why when Christ is dealing with us, it is not that God does not want to answer your prayer. No, he wants to first of all change your mind. Because there's some things that God will do in our lives that except our character has been adjusted to the way he expects, we would definitely lose what God has given us. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And so Paul is saying that be ye transformed by the ring of your mind because only then are you able to see things the way God sees them. Praise God. Hallelujah. Someone now said that the biblical method of change, the biblical method of change 
begins with the heart of a man with the gospel. It transforms the mind of the man and gradually works its way out and it builds a nation from the bottom to the top. Praise God. You see, one of the things that I marveled me when I moved to this country was the fact that in this country, for example, roundabouts, in Nigeria where I come from, roundabouts needed to be, they, it must be built. But here I came and it was just settled. And I was wondering why are people not just driving across? Because I knew that if that same structure was where I'm coming from, I know nobody will bother driving around. Why? Because mindset. Praise God. Mindset. You come to a system here where people, nobody's supervising you, but you are lining up, doing things in an orderly manner. Why? Mindset. Praise God. And so you see that the change that you are praying to God for is not that God cannot do it. No, he can because the Bible said that with God, all things are possible. However, it takes first of all, change in the heart here and that is why the bible says in the book of Matthew the four that the moment jesus came down from the mountain of temptation the bible says he began to preach and say repent for the kingdom of god is at hand that repent was saying change your mind a new system has come praise god change your mind a new way of doing things has come that was what it means to repent. Repent means to change your mind. To go from how it used to be to how God wants it to be. Because God understood that except I change these people's minds, they cannot do what I expect them to do. And so when Jesus came with his disciples, he began to first of all teach them on the ways of the kingdom of God. Because he knew that if I'm able to capture their mind, these people will change the world for me. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look at what the Bible says here in the book of Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. The Bible says that so it was as the multitude pressed about to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. And then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat and taught the multitudes from the boat. What was he teaching? The way of the kingdom. When he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep, hallelujah, and let down your nets for a catch. You see, the beauty of this was that I want to believe that Peter was wondering, I am a chattered fisherman, praise God. I have PhD in fishing, but God was, Jesus Christ was teaching him that, come, there is a way, in this world, there are ways of doing things, but there's an uncommon way of doing things, and that is the ways of God, because the Bible says what, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways different from your ways. And so he says here that when he stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. But Simon answered him and said, Master, we have told all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And verse 6, and when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish. 
and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners and other boats to come and help them. And they came and filled boats, boat boats, so that they began to sink. When Simon saw it, he did what? He fell down at Jesus' feet, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. And when all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish, which they had taken, and so were also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will do what? Catch men. Praise God. Jesus began to teach him that now I have shown you that I have the ability to transform things. But now, let us take it up higher. I will show you how to catch men. And so, when they had brought their boats to the land, they forsook all and followed him. Hallelujah. An uncommon Christian. Praise God. An uncommon Christian. An uncommon Christian will command an uncommon result. Praise God. We live in a world where people are questioning, is this God real? Praise God. Is this God really real? But the reality of it is that if God is to prove his realness or his, his authenticity, God will not come down. He would use people. Hallelujah. You know, the scripture that, that, that we prayed with this morning in 2 Kings chapter 6, I could not imagine the boldness that Elisha had. Because the Bible says that when the sort of the prophets were panicking, saying, alas, master, this axe head was borrowed. He was not perturbed whatsoever. Why? Because he had an uncommon mind. Because he understood that if anything is going to change, the spiritual must first of all influence the natural. Praise God. That's what it means to be an uncommon Christian. Because you don't see possibilities any longer. You are seeing anything is possible. So long as God is involved. Hallelujah. And Elijah said, get, Elijah said, get me wood. And he put it and the axe floated. Now many will read that scripture and think it is just story. But the Bible says that indeed that all scripture, all scripture is given by the will of God. For teaching, for instruction, that the man of God may grow and be built up. Hallelujah. And so this is not just story, but this is reality. Praise God. And God desires that you and I are able to command this reality. Because then people are able to believe. The Bible says in the book of Hosea, Hosea chapter 4, it says that indeed, in that day, they will say to them, come, let us go to the house of Jacob. For he will teach us his laws and he will show us his ways. This is the end time. And God is saying, where are my uncommon children? I want to do a mighty work on the earth. However, I need uncommon people. Hallelujah. I need uncommon people. Praise God. You look at David talking about the changing of mind. The cave of Adullam. The Bible says here that David, 1 Samuel 22, it said that David therefore departed there and escaped. This was when Saul was chasing to kill David. And so when his brothers and all his father's house heard it, they went down there to him. And everyone who was in distress, everyone who was in debt, everyone who was discontented gathered to him. So he became captain over them. 
and there were about 400 men with him. You see, David was a man who had an uncommon mindset. Why? Because how can a teenage boy see a giant and is saying that indeed, I will kill this giant? An uncommon mind. Praise God. And so here was men who were discontented, the reject of society, the poorest of them bunch, came to David and David said, come, I'm going to make something out of you. Why? Because I have an uncommon mind. And look at what David did with this man. Because if you go to Psalm 23, from verse 8 to 12, it says there that these are the names of the mighty men David had. Joshua, Bashemeth, the Technomite, chief among the captains. He was called Adino the Esmite because he had killed 800 men at one time. Praise God. This was someone who was discontented, in depth, a regent. The Bible said that this man killed one person, killed 800 men at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, one of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle and the men of Israel had retreated. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about great victory that day and the people returned after him only to plunder. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite, the Philistines had gathered together into a troop where a piece of ground was full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines, but he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about great victory. God is asking, where are my uncommon children? Praise God. That are you willing to enlist yourself into that register of the uncommon. Why? Because the reality of it is this. Anybody who claims to be a Christian with no gender bias, nothing, whether small or big, anybody who claims to be a Christian, this is God's expectation of you and I. That you and I must be uncommon. Praise God. And who is the uncommon Christian? I said here that the uncommon Christian is the one who with understanding, hallelujah, the, who with the understanding that he or she has been called to be different and as a result of this call is committed to displaying the kingdom of God and its principles in all interactions of life. Praise God. In other words, at any point in time where God is not known, your mission is to make God known. Hallelujah. In other words, if your neighbor is sick, your mission is to display that God is able in that situation. That is what it means to be an uncommon Christian. That you understand what the kingdom of God is. That there is somebody there in, in your midst who is hopeless, who is full of dejection, depression. Your job is to introduce Jesus to that person. That's what it means to be an uncommon Christian. Hallelujah. But again, what does it take to be uncommon? Praise God. What does it take to be uncommon? I will just dwell on one for the sake of time. What does it take to be uncommon? Number one is consecration. Praise God. Number one is what? Consecration. It is beautiful. If I asked every one of us here, 
How many people would want to raise the dead? I believe everybody here will raise their hands. How many people would want to heal the sick? I believe everybody would raise their hands. How many people would want God to use them mightily in their generation? I want to believe everybody would raise their hands. However, are you willing to pay the price? Praise God. Just like how we go to the retail stores and there is a price on every item. Praise God. In the kingdom of God, for everything you desire, there is what? A price to pay. Hallelujah. Everything you desire of God, there is a price to pay. Nathaniel Bassi says that indeed, your calling determines your consecration. Hallelujah. In other words, what God has called you to determines how far or how much of a price you would need to pay. Look at what the Bible says here in Colossians. Paul began to write and it says, Colossians chapter 1 from verse 9 to 10. It says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard of it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may do what? Walk worthy. Hallelujah. Walk worthy of the Lord. Fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing the knowledge of God. Hallelujah. There is a call that there is a way and manner you and I ought to walk that God has determined for you and I. Look at the life of Samson. Even as I begin to round up. Look at the life of Samson. The Bible says that again, children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord delivered them into the hands of the Philistines for 40 years. Now, there was a certain man called Zorah and his family of the Danites, who, whose name was Manoah. And his wife was barren and had no children. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Indeed, now you are barren and have borne no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Now, somebody will say that that's a fantastic testimony. Praise God. You see, God is not just after answering our prayers. But the question is, how will he display his glory through the answer to that prayer? Praise God. In other words, if you're asking God for anything, Bottom thing you must first of all ask yourself is when God grants me this request, how do I intend to use it for his glory? Praise God. How then do I intend to use it for his glory? I remember when I was trusting God for a car. And I said, God, I promise you, if you grant me this request, I promise nobody ever needing help would come to me and I will say no. No matter what. And so even when members of the church at an inconvenient time would make a request of me, because I made that covenant with God, I have no choice but to fulfill it. Hallelujah. And so when you are trusting God for something, the point I want to tell you is how then do you intend to use it for the glory of God? And so look at what the angel told Manoah's wife. He said, now therefore, please be careful not to drink wine or similar drink, not to eat anything unclean. 
For behold, you shall conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come upon his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite to God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. The question is, were there not anybody else God could use to deliver Israel? Praise God. But God is saying, if I'm going to use this boy to deliver the children of Israel, these are the things that he must not do. Praise God. We are looking at the uncommon Christian. And so, if you want God to use you, you must understand that there is a price to pay. Hallelujah. There is a price to pay. There is a price to pay. For every glory you see, there must be a story back in that glory. Hallelujah. And so when others were doing the same thing, Samson was not supposed to. The Bible says all things are lawful. Praise God. But not all things are expedient. Others may be doing it, but not you. Praise God. Why? Because you are uncommon. Others can afford to do it. You cannot do it. Why? Because you are uncommon. There are some prayers that people pray that I know personally. If I should dare it, if I should dare it, there's something that people say to God. I say, God, no matter how much you offend me, I cannot say it. I can't. Why? Because I understand. Other people may do it, but I cannot do it. Why? Because I'm uncommon. Praise God. Uncommon results demands an uncommon approach. And so, if you desire God, are you willing to enlist yourself to this consecration journey? Because the reality of it is that just like Samson, the Bible says that no one shall cut his hair because he shall be a Nazarite unto God. And the moment he did what others was doing, he saw what others saw. Praise God. The moment he did what others were doing, he saw what others were seeing. I say this because many of us are young. The journey is still far. Praise God. And the reality of it is Satan would present several distractions to derail, to deter us from the plans and purposes of God for our lives. But I tell you this. If you want to be on the Lord's side, you must be willing to live a consecrated life. Praise God. Everybody may do it, but not you. Because you have in your mind, I've enlisted myself to the tribe of the uncommon. Praise God. That is why God is asking us this morning. Someone said that consecration is not an act of feelings. Praise God. But it's an act of our will. How much do you want God to use you? Praise God. Because if we are going to be doing uncommon possibilities, if we are going to be candidates through which God will do the uncommon, we must be determined to go the whole nine yards. And so if you're one of them, why don't you stand up with me this morning and just begin to pray. And say, Father, I make that commitment afresh this morning. That Lord, I enlist myself in the journey of the uncommon. That, Lord, I enlist myself to be consecrated. That even as others may do it, Lord, receive grace not to be part of them. 
Lord, I receive grace not to be part of them. That Lord, even in this generation, oh God, if you are looking for men and women to use, use me, Lord, use me, Lord, use me, Lord. Begin to pray and say, Father, I register myself, oh God, for amongst the men and women whom you will use to dispel your glory in this generation. That Lord, oh God in heaven, I pray that Lord, you would use me. That Lord, I receive grace to say no. I receive grace to say no. That Lord, when men, oh God, are casting down, I will be among them who are saying that there is a lifting up. That Lord, when others are registering for sin, Lord, I will be on the path of righteousness. Apostle Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. The Bible says that be ye because of them who through faith and patience obtain the promise. Do you desire anything from God? The God of the Lord is saying this morning, I'm looking for those who would make that covenant with me. Who would be separate? Who would live a consecrated life? A life that is worthy of the glory of God. A life that can host the presence of God. A life that can host the tangible presence of God. That Lord, oh God in heaven, I receive grace in the name of Jesus. That your name be glorified, oh God in heaven. Blessed be your holy name, oh God. Blessed be your holy name, oh God. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. A song says, Pass me not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. Lord and your personal Savior. And so perhaps you are yet to make that confession of faith. The Bible says in the book of Romans 10 verse 10, it said that if any man would believe in his heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, only such a person shall be saved. If your desire, whether you're on site or online, and you would want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Why don't you say after me and say, Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that you died for me on the cross of Calvary. And on the third day you rose again. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me with your blood. And grant me the to walk in the reality of the new creation even as I confess you as my Lord and personal Savior. In Jesus' mighty name, I've prayed. If you have said this prayer this morning, allow me to say congratulations. 
welcome into the family of the beloved. The Bible said that indeed that if any man will open his heart and I knock, that I will come and I will make my home with him. There's an email on the screen. Just feel free to send an email to that email with the subject, New Life. And as a church, we'll do our own bit to ensure that we provide resources that would make for your growth. Even as the Bible said, as a child, you desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. God's intention for you and I is that we grow. And I trust God for your life that after this season, your life will not remain the same. In Jesus' mighty and matchless name. Amen. Amen. Praise God.